Is he worthy? There's only one who can take the scroll and break the seal. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Root of David. And he is. He is worthy. Mm. There's so much for which to be thankful. Amen? Mm. It's that time of year when we focus on being thankful. And I know right now you're thinking, yeah, but you already have the Christmas stuff out. We have the Christmas stuff out because our, our choir is uh, recording some Christmas things. And for our, uh, this year, we've got to think about how we're going to do our Christmas music this season in a different way. Thank you, 2020, for being weird. And um, so they're, we're, we're recording that and filming that. And in order to do that, they needed to have the proper backdrop, right? So it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. And I love it. And, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So it's just wonderful that that is up here and we get to do this. You know, we've already sort of been thinking that way, thinking about the boxes and Operation Christmas Child. So it's just beautiful. But, but we do need to pause to be thankful. Amen? And so for the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be in a series called Thanksgiving and Praise. Thanksgiving and Praise. And today we're going to begin the series and going through Thanksgiving this time of year. We're going to be talking about the, these, this idea of Thanksgiving and Praise. And today we're going to be focusing on being thankful to God. Now, I had this, I've had an amazing really uh, experience this weekend this is a spectacular time of year to be in the mountains of North Georgia. Now, God's just, His majesty and His handiwork is just everywhere. It is. And what a time of year to have a wedding. Yeah? And I got to be in two weddings yesterday. One at three and one at five. And, and a couple of our beautiful event areas here in these mountains. And uh, I got to celebrate with the families of Jenny Beckham and Phil Freitag yesterday. Come on. They are now J Phil and Jenny Freitag. Praise the Lord. What a sweet, sweet experience. And then later I got to, to celebrate with the Haywood family and the Clark family as Allison Haywood Married Colin Clark in this beautiful setting. It was just so wonderful. Allison is Alan Benita Haywood's daughter. And Ben Haywood, who just led us in worship, his sister. And so it was just a wonderful time. And it's just so much to be thankful for. So where we live, events in life, right? Things that we can give praise and thanksgiving for. So much. Uh, I mean, I know 2020 has been crazy, but it's almost over. We have these things to be thankful for. Just beautiful. So many things to be thankful for. When we don't need, we can't forget in these moments, this time, in these seasons, to be thankful to the one from whom all blessings flow. 
our great God, our creator, God of all the universe. So we want to pause today and be thinking about that. And I, I want to, to read uh, from uh, the New King James Version, uh, Psalm 100. All right, so if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be up on the screens. We're going to read Psalm 100, and then I just want to talk about this for a second, then I have some points to make, okay? So Psalm 100, this is going to be the focus of our sermon today. Many of you probably have memorized this growing up. If not, that's okay. And we're just glad that uh, we have God's great word to teach us. So let's just, let's just read this together. Uh, this is a psalm probably of David. All right, King David. And it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And that's a shout and there's an exclamation point. So it's okay to shout. Amen. All right. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Isn't that what we've been doing this morning? We've come before your presence, God, and we're just singing and lifting you up. We're saying to you, there's nothing more important than you. That's what we do when we come before his presence and singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I mean, we should come in the building with his praise on our lips and a song in our hearts. It's just bursting forth as we, as we shout how great our God is. Amen? Anybody just want to shout right now? Woo! Praise the Lord. So enter in his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? Why? Why should we do all that? For the Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Amen? Amen? Eight little, was it eight verses or five? Five verses. Felt like eight. Five verses. There it is. Do this. Why? Because he's good. And his, his mercy is everlasting. And his truth, his faithfulness endures to all generations. Wow. That's what we're going to talk about. King David just gave the outline. He said, do this and here's why. And that's going to be our sermon today. Before we do, get into that. Let's pray together, all right? Oh, God, you are good. You're good. So good. And you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let us down. And your mercy is everlasting. Never going to quit. Never runs out. Never runs short. And your truth, your faithfulness endures, endures. It works through it. It's strong. 
mighty. The fortress for all generations. We're so, so thankful, God. Now, change us forever because we were here today in your presence and in your word and praising you and thanking you. Because that's what you made us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we got three thoughts today. And we're just going to enjoy this. Enjoy the truth. The simple truth. Simple yet profound. Not simplistic. But the simple, profound truth found in the 100th Psalm. Right? So why should we be thankful to God? Ready? Number one. We should be thankful to God because He is good. Because He is good. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now don't listen to the world today. Because the world will tell you, and those who would say, I don't believe in God, or you're silly because you do, or religion's just a crutch. I don't, because if He was good, then all this bad stuff wouldn't happen. If God was good, little kids wouldn't get sick. If God was good, my marriage would have been okay, or my family would be okay, or my job would be okay. All these things. If he was good, then none of this bad would happen. And no one ever stops to take note of their part and why those things are the way they are. You know, in the beginning, God created, and he said it was good. Right In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says this, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. It's God's intention from the beginning that it would be good. And God gave us a choice. And we ultimately chose the not so good. And because of that, there is sin in the world, there is death in the world, there is destruction in the world, but that was never God's design. What he created before the fall, he said, this is very good. God's goodness is evidenced in his creation. Even though we've fallen, you cannot tell me. You can't, even though we're fallen and the world's in this fallen state, you can't drive around Union County, Towns County, Fannin County, these, be these beautiful areas right here in North Georgia. You can't drive through here and see this time of year and see this spectacular colors and just the creation of God and not and not think that he is good his creation shows that it's good another wonderful place to go if you can go up on the Cumberland Plateau in Tennessee and just look out over there you can just see the footprints of God and we're, we're just talking about mountains we haven't begun to talk about the mighty seas and oceans as they roar his praise. 
We don't, we don't leave it. <clears throat> that when the sun comes up in the morning, that the birds meet that with song. Thank you, God, our creator, for yet another day. It's everything is pointing to heaven. His creation is evidence of his greatness and his goodness. And it points us, everything points us up. Things don't grow down, they grow up. And we're looking upward at the one who grows us and created us. He is good. His creation shows it. And I just want you to know to make, make this very clear that anything, this is how Pastor Fred puts it, anything that's worth having came from God. And often we take it for granted. He's good. His goodness, God's goodness is also in display during our hard times. Understand, His goodness is on display during our hard times. Now, this has been a hard year, right? It's been tough. Well, we've had to do things differently. And let me tell you, let me tell you, the teachers in our schools are heroes. They are. They had about this much time to learn how to do something a, a whole different way. And we had so many books written on how to do this. And it was easy to reference. And nurses and healthcare professionals, first responders have been amazing. Angels. And praise God. So in every one of those stories, in these difficult times, God's goodness is on display. Look at the Bible says in Nahum. Now, <laughs> that, yes. Most of you don't, haven't looked at that book recently. Most, many of us don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm not so sure it's Nahum. I think it's Nahum. Or is it Nahum. Nahum. No, I'm teasing. It's Nahum. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says this. What a great, what a great reason to read another beautiful book in the Bible, right? This verse. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. Ah. Look at Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called and according to his purpose. So, in hard times, in tough times, in difficult circumstances, God's goodness is on display. Look, when you are so weary and heavy laden, when, you are, when your heart is breaking from your circumstances, when everything seems to be going wrong, when you don't think you can take another breath because of the despair you feel, because the mountains are closing in and the giants are big, <clears throat> remember that if you'll just keep on, keeping on, and cling to God Almighty in faith, He will miraculously bring good even out of a bad situation. That's how good God is. Then in spite 
of his plan for creation. When we got our hands, we had a, we had a hand in it, we chose to sin. And in spite of that, in spite of us going against his plan for creation, he is so good that he can even take the, how we foul things up and he can turn that into good. He can give us beauty for ashes. A garment of praise in the midst of our heaviness. That is the God who is so, so good. Oh, he's good. God is good. And the supreme evidence of God's goodness we find in his provision for our salvation. You know, we're all sinners. We all, in our natural state, We bound for judgment, for death. But God has offered to rescue us from our lostness. To push us out of the way and to take the bullet. Through his son Jesus. Only a good God, only a great God would do that. We're going to read this verse a lot over the next month and a half. But it's Luke chapter 2, verse 10. This is where it... mm. On the night that Jesus was born, the angel said to the shepherds, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto us, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's provided our salvation. You know, I, when I was thinking about this point, when I think about the, you know, when I think about coming into His presence with thanksgiving into his courts with praise i just think of songs now you can't put every worship song that was makes that is perfect for such a, a day as this in one worship set all right that you can't <laughs> uh so uh i just like to read a, a couple of these lyrics from this song it's called reckless love Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so kind, so, so kind to me. When I was your foe, Still your love fought for me. Jesus, you've been so, so good to me. And when I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so, so kind to me. There's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down. 
coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Amen? God is good, and we ought to thank Him for His goodness. We ought to live a lifestyle of thanking Him for His goodness. So why should we praise God? Because He's good. All right? Okay. Thought number two. Reason number two. Be thankful to God because His mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. Now, the word here, the Hebrew word here for mercy is chesed. And when I say it, it makes my nose run. Sorry. And that word actually means covenant love. Covenant love. Some translations in Psalm 100 say his love endures forever. Okay? All right? So it's this covenant love. It is this stubborn love. It's this, this, this kind of love that won't run. This kind of love that won't quit. This kind of love that won't give up. You can't do something to make me not love you kind of love. The Hebrew word for mercy in this psalm means literally loving kindness. It's a loving kindness. And the, and the dictionary is right on. And the World Book Dictionary says that mercy is is more kindness than justice requires. Kindness beyond what can be claimed or expected. It is this chesed love, this covenant love that goes way beyond what just justice requires, way beyond what is expected. It is, Max Lucado calls it sacred delight. It's sacred because it's from God. And if God gives you something, it can't be taken away. And it's delightful because it's way more than you, it comes out of nowhere. It's more than you expect. And it just blows your mind. This love, this mercy is everlasting. And it's the love that God has for his own. Again, the greatest evidence of this kind of mercy is Jesus. It's Jesus. You know, Jesus tells a story in the gospel uh, in, uh, of a Pharisee who goes to the temple to pray. You can just see him coming into the temple. Let me see if I can do it. And he's just praying, oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like these sinners. And he's all, you know, I do all this stuff, God. I check this box and I give this and I go here. And, you know, I'll, you know, I wash my hands before I eat and I wear a san I sanitize and I wear a mask. And I social distance, especially from this tax collector. And that's his prayer. And then Jesus says, and then the tax collector, or, call, or some translations call him a publican. 
he is over in the side in a corner and he doesn't want anybody to see him and he's pounding his chest and he has says, have mercy on me, Lord. Because I'm a sinner. I am the sinner. And Jesus said, it is that man, the tax collector, the publican who owned that, who went home justified that day. He said, I own my sin. Will you have loving kindness for me, Lord? Will you show me a kind of mercy that goes beyond what justice requires? Will you show me sacred delight in this moment? And the answer every single time from Jesus is yes. And it's for you today. And it's for me today. Praise God. And it is also that mercy that loving kindness that sustains us in the hard times. You know, just go back to his goodness. It's his goodness that's there with us in the hard times. It's his loving kindness, his mercy that, in, that is everlasting, that is waiting for us in the hard times. You know, I, just let this blow your mind for a second. Tomorrow is out there. We're not there yet, right? But God is. His love, is, His goodness is there. And His everlasting loving kindness is there. And He's waiting on, for, on you. And whatever might befall, He is there waiting. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. And His mercy not only is there, in, in the tough times, his mercy is what helps us resist temptation as well. In Hebrews chapter 4, 15 through 16, it says this. For we have not a high priest, referring to Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow. Jesus gives us mercy when we hurt and grace when we stumble. Praise the Lord. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. And reason number as I was thinking about this point, I thought of another song. Now, this is an oldie. It's an oldie but a goodie. But as I was thinking of be, be thankful to God because His love endures forever, His mercy is everlasting. His, his, I, was, I thought about the old Chris Tomlin song. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things. 
His love endures forever. All right, that's all I'm going to do with that. But yeah, I just, it just comes up in me in songs of praise and thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love, His mercy is everlasting. Amen? Amen. All right, so reason number three, to praise God, to, to thank Him. He is good, and His mercy is everlasting. And number three, be thankful to God because His truth endures to all generations. Now, this word for truth right here is only used twice in the Bible. Once it's translated in our translation, in English, as truth, and once it's translated as faithfulness. So, your, your translation here of this psalm may say faithfulness. It's truth. It's faithfulness. It's the word, the, the, the Greek word, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word there encompasses both. It's faithful. It's true. It's faithful truth. <clears throat> true faithfulness. See, we just can't understand that, grasp it completely in our language. But let's see if we can, tr we can try. He, it is absolutely true. It is absolutely faithful. It's not a truth that's going to turn its back on you. It's not a truth that's not going to have compassion. It's faithful. It's not a truth that says, well, I'm the truth. You've got to follow me. It's a truth that's going to stay with you. It's faithful, and it's true. It's set in heaven. There's, <clears throat> there's no variance. It's true. God is true. He doesn't waver. He doesn't. He's not fickle. He's not going to love you today and I maybe like you tomorrow. It's true. He's true. It's set in heaven. And it's faithful. It will not leave you. God is true. He is faithful. Faithful. You are faithful forever. You will be. All your promises are yes and amen. It's true. It's faithful. So how is God's faithful truth then revealed to us? Jesus and the Word. Jesus and the Word. Anytime Jesus opened his mouth, it was Scripture. Now, not, all, not every word he said made it in here, but since he's God and he's talking, it's the Word. And, and this precious book, I'm so thankful that that we don't have to drift on a sea of maybe. Our hope so. It is set. The truth is set. All right. So if you're reading God's word. You will find the answer for every question. The solution for every problem. 
It's right here. And if you, and if you have difficulty in understanding maybe the way something is written, what it actually means, then you look at Jesus. And there is the definition of what is written. You have the word in written form, and you have Jesus personifying the word. Because this, the Bible says this about Jesus, that he is the word. When it comes to the monumental issues of life and death and eternity, God has revealed to us the truth in the one and only inerrant, perfect, infallible book in the world, the Scripture. And it's also personified in the one and only perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ. We have the truth, and it is faithful, and it endures. It, is strong. it doesn't give up. It, it's strong. It perseveres through anything. It's unchanging. It's un immovable. This word, the truth, in our, in our Bible and in Jesus. And it endures to all generations. What was written when it was written. And it, the life that was lived by Christ is what it is. It doesn't change. Our culture doesn't. Our culture may change. The norms may change. People, the world may tell us that what you believe is antiquated and we're smarter that's not true. This is what endures to all generations. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John. Or John recorded this in the Gospel of John. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews that had believed in him. If you hold to my teaching, if you abide in my word, if my truth is the essence for you, your living, then you're truly my disciple. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I'm asking you today, what are you thankful for? Are you thankful to God for anything? Do you stop? I know life is busy. And I know things are different and crazy. And one minute we feel like we're getting back to normalcy. And then everything changes. And the rules change. And am I, do I wear a mask or not wear a mask? Do I go here? Can I go out to eat? Can I not go? Can I? And then it changes from state to state, from town to town, from person to person. I know. It's, we have a lot distracting us now. But we have to stop and we have to be thankful. And we have to be thankful to God. We have to avoid 
the woe is me trap. And the way to avoid the woe is me trap is to spend some time focusing on God's goodness, on His everlasting loving kindness, and, his, and on His faithful truth that endures forever. And when we do that, we'll count our blessings. And our blessings will pile up. So here's our invitation today. That's what I want you to think about. Are you thankful for God's goodness? Are you thankful for His goodness? Take time to think about His goodness. He's good. Are you thankful for His goodness? Are you thankful for His everlasting mercy and loving kindness? Maybe you're, you're, the first step for you to be thankful for such is to realize that your need for the Savior. I invite you today, in our time, in a moment, we'll have an invitation. I invite you to come forward today and tell us, you know, I, I want that. I don't know all of what that means. And if you're watching at home, I don't know of, uh, all of what that means to, to be a Christian, to, to experience this sort of, these sort of things that you've said are in, in, the, in the Bible and, and then to, and to experience that life. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm inviting you to come forward. This is how it begins. You just admit that. You admit like the tax collector did in Jesus' story that I'm a sinner and I've done bad things and it separates me from God. Please have mercy on me. If you, it begins there. It begins with that heart and with that attitude. And the answer always and forever is from Jesus. Yes, you receive my if that's what you want today, I'm inviting you. Come forward. Reach out to us on the website. And we'll tell you what comes next. We'll tell you about the life He meant, means for you to live. And all the abundance and the joy. Joy in the sorrow. And joy in the happiness. Come forward. Uh, there's a there's room here on these uh, front pews for you to sit. We'll stay socially distanced. Pastor Fred is here. Uh, also, uh, Pastor Tony is here. Uh, they can help you with what comes next. If you'd like to join First Baptist Church, come forward. Come forward and we'll welcome you. There's, some, there's a class to take and, uh, and other things. And we'll tell you what comes next. We'd love to. And are you thankful for His truth, for His faithful, unchanging, unwavering truth? In a world with so many questions, way more questions than answers, Jesus is the personification of the truth that we find in God's holy word invite you to that. Let's pray together.
Father, thank you so much. You're good. Your mercy endures. Your mercy is everlasting. And your truth endures to all generations. Let us now respond to you as you lead us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and worship him.
sing out to him one more time. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain.